You're listening to 90.5 WKHS Wharton, streaming at WKHSradio.org, community-connected student public radio. Everyone has a story. Everyone starts somewhere. Let's go back to the beginning. Each week, we'll chat with local professionals and hear about the goals and plans they had in high school and then connect the dots to the present day. This is personal. This is all about connections. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's episode of College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andra Anderson, Program Manager for Maryland Business Roundtable for Education, Next Generation Scholars. Woo! Almost need a breath for that one, that title. So I am delighted for our guest this week. We have with us in the WKHS studio, Emily Murphy, who is the Executive Director of Horizons of Kent and Queen Anne's. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So one of the things I like to do with our guests on this show is sort of take a step back. But before we do that, let's talk about right now. So your role with the, as the Executive Director of Horizons of Kent and Queen Anne's, um, how long have you been in that role and um, what is that... What does that involve for you right now? Well, uh, I have to say, having the title executive director, I, I felt, wow, that's actually the first time I've ever had that title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the role and what that describes is very different. In my case, um, I'm uncomfortable sort of being the leader in the sense of absolute rule. I don't mm-hmm. believe in that. Mm-hmm. I believe in collaboration 100%. And... Um, Horizons has been around for 28 years. It's a well-oiled machine. It's it has already it's very established. It's actually part of one affiliate of a national organization, and we are one of the first, which is really kind of cool. That's it's awesome. in Chestertown. Yes. Um, but the current site directors um, are they've been doing this for so long. Um, I think one has been doing it for 10 years, the other eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the teachers have come back year after year. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So I felt my role wasn't to come in and start dictating Mm -hmm. what they should be doing. As a matter of fact, that would be sort of a soul-crushing thing to do. Yes. Um, I automatically felt, since my, my background is not in education at all, I would actually, it's a very lazy affair attitude. I'm like, you do what you do. I'm here to raise money. Yeah. And I want to make as much money as I can to make your job easy. Yeah. And to have as many opportunities for these kids. That's awesome. Yeah. So I love that. And I think that's something important for for high school students that I work with to realize, you know, they're they're being asked about their leadership roles and and what does leadership mean? And a lot of these like short answer essays and things for for the college um, process. And I think that's something that they, you know, it's not just top down. Leadership is collaborative. Like you said, it's it's about teamwork and there are multiple ways to to be a leader. So and and yes, their leadership styles. Yeah. Um, And. I kind of feel sorry for some of these kids who are being asked that because it's sort of saying you have to know everything, which I think a big thing about leadership is is feeling very comfortable saying I don't know and and being observant and listening. Yeah. Even if it's from people who you're supposed to be sort of governing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that everybody brings something to the table if they're part of your group and to be open. and, And obviously you have to be discerning. Um, not take everything that everybody says, but say, okay, well, how does this work? What did you, what led you to say that? And how could that work within the system? Right. Yeah. So let's talk about how you got here. Mm. 
which is a, 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 a tale of lots of twists and turns. <laughs> but as we've discovered on this show, there is no correct or direct path to where you are. It's sort of just opportunities present themselves or you have you're you're putting yourself in a particular place to enjoy a certain opportunity. So let's start let's start in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like senior year, what was going through your mind or what did you think was going to be your next step? I'm going to go back further. Oh, let's do it. I love it. Story time. <laughs> um, the reason is is because I feel like in some ways I did life backwards. Okay. Um, I was very focused. I was a, a, um, on the track of becoming a professional ballet dancer at a very, very young age. Um, I went to London. I got accepted into the Royal Ballet School at age 13. Wow. Um, and I went off to London, left my family. I'm from Baltimore. Um, and I was very focused. That's what I wanted to do. I felt it in my bones. Um, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I broke my ankle. Oh. Um, and it sort of changed the trajectory. I couldn't fully recover from that. But at the same time, I think in order to be a professional ballet dancer, you have to have all the planets need to align. Mm. And mine was one planet not aligned. And that sort of gave me an out. In yeah. some ways, because I kind of wanted to be a normal person, and to be a dancer, you can't. It's, yeah. it's your you have to get rid of everything else but that. Um, so in high school, I I continued to dance in Baltimore. Um, I was a normal kid, got into trouble, did all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I graduated, um, you know, I went to college and continued to dance there. But it was definitely I was on. My background was in the arts. I felt, you know, my mother was an artist. Um, I just felt the pull. Um, So I majored in philosophy and studio art, which actually set me up for zero. Well, you could ask good questions. Right. Yeah. And I I, I mean, that's that's liberal arts, you know. Um, So when I got out, I really felt like I had been chucked out on my behind. (laughs) I'm like, I have no idea what what I'm set up for. What do I do now? Right. So um, I ended up set painting at um, Center Stage, which is a theater in Baltimore. I absolutely loved it because it wasn't just sort of studio art where everything is kind of just on a canvas. It was actually tactile and physical. Yeah. Like you were painting sets with your scrims, you know, for the theater. And it it also tied into playwriting and um, how how to interpret. It's almost like screenwriting. But with with paint, yeah. So um, it was interpreting sort of a vision um, using wood, using paint, and I learned so much. I had no background in that, and and this is something I feel like I can impart: is no matter what you do, learn from the people. Mm-hmm. Don't ask what you they can do for you. Ask what you can do for them. I love that. That's such good advice. Try to be the best at it, and if you don't like it, then move on. Mm -hmm. But don't make those judgments out of hand Mm -hmm. um, until you actually study what what kind of mindset do you need to be in to be good at it. Um, What are the kind of people that are good at it? Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt really at home there. I loved the people. Um, It was cerebral. It was physical. It was everything. And I ended up moving to New York um, just because I wanted to get out of Baltimore. And I continued set painting in Brooklyn. Um, and then I also was dancing. So I ended up getting this job. Also, I was at brunch with somebody. He said, do you want to be a proofreader at a national law journal? Well, yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so. But yeah, the, the nice thing was it was at night. 
Oh, so perfect. the hours started yeah. at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, and I worked until the morning, and then dance classes started at ten. And I could go to these professional dance classes and be, you know, hang with these amazing dancers. And at night, I would just check in, and the people, <laughs> I loved the people. Yeah, they were like really smart, like kind of people that. Uh, I don't want to say anything disparaging, but they were they were eccentric. Yeah. But also razor sharp. Yeah. And I'll never forget the executive director, this guy named Ben Gerson. Um, Hi, I ben. Le- I learned from him. To t- he was the guy that took full responsibility. If there was ever a mistake in this national in this in this paper for 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 lawyers, I mean, we're talking about a smart readership here. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't blame the editors. He wouldn't blame the copy editors. He wouldn't blame the proofreaders. He would take full responsibility. Hmm. And that, to me, was like a true leader. Yeah. He's not going to pass blame. Even if it, it wasn't, like, I remember there was a, you know, the Miranda rights. Somebody mm-hmm. somebody slipped in the Carmen Miranda rights. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So um, he was he took full responsibility. He's like, I can't believe that got past me. Yeah. So that's something I took away from that, aside from meeting really funny, quirky, smart people. Yeah. Um, and learning really random words, like struthius, which I, I don't know why I love that word. It's, it means to bury your head in the sand like a um, hmm. ostrich. Oh, struthius. I yeah. love that. So I love Use that word in a sentence today. <laughs> <laughs> don't act so struthiously if you can actually say it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I felt like I learned a lot just from... A job that I never imagined I would have. Yeah. Um, and because then, of brunch, a brunch, a brunch. <laughs> I love that. Um, and actually, was a husband of a friend of mine. It wasn't even my friend who brought it. He's like, I work at this place. I'm like, okay, why not? You know, it helps me. It pays my bills. Absolutely. I pay rent in New York. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And then I realized also while working at the National Law Journal that I would always hang out with the people in the art department doing mm-hmm. all the layout. And um, at that point, <laughs> I'm going to date myself, but it was you know. Digital arts, all that stuff was being done digitally for the first time instead of actually physically. Um, And I would hang out with them, and I'm like, God, that looks really fun. So I took a class in Illustrator and uh, Photoshop, Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it. The only thing missing was that it was static, Mm. whereas this program called After Effects was just starting, and it it was basically design in motion. And I'm like, I can do that. And and the motion, I felt, fit in with my dance background because I understood timing. Um, and the School of Visual Arts is in New York City, and they were just starting this graduate program in 3D computer animation. No idea what that was. But I'm like, you know what? Animation's cool. It meant movement, and it was just starting. So <laughs> my classmates all came from the most ridiculous backgrounds. Some were English majors. 90% of them were from South Korea, which made mm. it so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Some, uh, another guy was from Mexico. Another guy was from, uh, another friend of mine was from Sarajevo. It was such a mixed group of people all coming together in this sort of experimental land. Um, and we, at that time, were using silicone graphics machines, not even Macs, not even PCs. You could only run 3D on these things where you had to use Unix. <laughs> so I learned all this computer language to actually sort of do things that Jurassic Park, you know, the people that work on Jurassic Park, were. that's what we were doing, those wow. kinds of things. That's so cool. Um, and by the, it was a two-year program. I loved it. Um, I got... 
uh, Blue Sky actually asked me to come work for them, but it was up in upstate New York, and I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay in the, in New York City, and a friend of mine worked at MTV mm-hmm. and asked me to come along. And I have to say that was that was like college for me. Yeah, they put you in this room in Midtown with every bit of equipment, high end equipment, and said, "Be as creative as you can be." That's awesome. It was like a playground. And once again, people from Israel, from Germany, from England, from Ireland, everybody was there just having fun. And the more, I think because of the friendships, everybody felt comfortable being creative and doing wacky things. And mm-hmm. that's and so when you saw the Video Music Awards and all the opening sequences, that's from a bunch of creative kids coming together and saying, wouldn't that be cool? That's so awesome. And you had the way to make it happen. It yeah. was probably the best time of my life. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up uh, leaving MTV and working for this company from California called Imaginary Forces and doing big billboards on the side of buildings like the Morgan Stanley, Stanley Building. We did all of the um, the video on the outside. The Jumbotrons mm-hmm. are called. Um, and then 9-11 happened. Mm. So a lot of that uh, came to a screeching halt. Everybody sort of was unemployed, kind of wondering... You know, Midtown came to a screeching halt because we thought it might be be a target. Right. Um, and I sort of reevaluated things, and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore because I was working at all hours, um, never had a time to look up. And I went back to, well, not back, back to, but I started teaching ballet, hmm. um, which I liked, but I was like, you yeah, know, I don't want to do this either. Um, so I ended up going freelance and doing working for all these different companies doing motion graphics, and I got tired of living in New York. Um, ended up moving back to Baltimore, got married, came to the Eastern Shore, mm-hmm. and continued to do 3D computer animation for the Discovery Channel for a very long time. And then I felt like I aged out of it. You know, all mm-hmm. these young kids, all the software was changing. Um, I felt like younger kids knew more than I. You could just press the animate button. <laughs> kind of. You didn't have to use Like, wait, mix. in my day, we did this I by know, hand. I know, I know. Like, punch cards. <laughs> yes. You know? um, so I decided, I, you know, I wanted to change tracks completely, and I got this opportunity to work with um, a foundation out of Philadelphia, learning school development, mm-hmm. learning how to do that. Um, and I worked for three years at a Catholic school. I'm not Catholic. At a Catholic school. Uh, in Elkton, and it ended up closing. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of had to figure out what was next. And then, I end- oddly, I ended up doing settlement, uh, real estate settlements at a law firm oh, wow. <laughs> in Chestertown and learning all about that, Yes, which was fascinating, yeah. um, knowing nothing about it. But I, I guess my advice is just to be flexible and to really try to learn, even though it might not be what you thought you were going to be in, but re- you can always learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be the authority because you're not going to learn that way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's such good advice. Um, anyway, so that's that's a long story. But and no. so then I ended up. A friend of mine asked me, "Do you want to work for Horizons as the executive director?" I'm like, "You're kidding." <laughs> I have everything in my background points to this and nothing all at the same time. Yeah. So I had no skills to be the executive director, but everything that I did up to that point prepared me for it yeah so that's amazing and that's that's reassuring I think for students too to discover that it's not 
right, like we said, it's like not a direct path that mm-hmm. there could be different twists and turns. But if you work on, if you focus on the connections and the network and the people and and acquiring all of these skills, that's going to set you up for for success. Right, and and things that you might not consider as skills, like if you learn from one job that you know you how to get along with people in the yes. workforce, that's a skill that you. It's a soft skill. So you good. might not Invaluable. recognize that. Yeah. And say, you know what? I did really well with that. I, I managed, you know, to, to bring people together in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That's something you can bring to the table at Absolutely. any job. As yep. a matter of fact, I do have a story about that. I actually worked at um, this one very small company in D.C. doing 3D computer animation. And the um, the owner of the company said, well, you're filling the seat of somebody we had to let go. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant. He was brilliant at what he did. Mm-hmm. His only problem was... He couldn't get along with anybody. And he said, I would hire anybody any day over that guy who could, if, if they can just make the workplace a better place, they're yeah. more valuable. Yeah. And I, that struck me. I'm like, because I always thought I had to be the best at 3D computer animation. And it wasn't, it wasn't only that. Yeah. It was how do you fit in? Yeah. And, and do you bring something to the environment? Do you make it a better place to be for people? Right. And, yeah. Just to exist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, local com- Dixon, uh, the, re- the recruiters always say to students, like, we hire for attitude. We'll mm-hmm. train for everything else. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I believe that 100%. Yeah. You can always learn. You can figure it out. Yes. Some will be there to teach you. You can yep. you can. But people skills and if yeah, yeah it, that's that's a hard one. Yeah. You can't tell somebody to be nicer. Yeah. Really. yeah. <laughs> All the time. I mean, I guess they, you could work on it, yeah. right? That's something you could yeah, improve. Yeah, but how do you but, even approach that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So. Okay, so we got to Horizons. So that's mm-hmm. how we got here. So I guess looking at looking at Horizons of Kent and Queen Anne's, how how do you find you're spending your day to day? Like, what are your priorities? Well, it does depend because it mostly is a summer program. Mm-hmm. So it's a six week um, tuition free academic and enrichment program for families that are qualified for the free and reduced meal program. Mm-hmm. So that's the ob- ob- objective. Um, is to stop the summer slide, which mostly happens during the summer. Mm-hmm. Kids can get, you know, their studies have been done that at the end of every school year, kids are pretty much on the same level. It's during the summer when there's a fall off, mm-hmm. when opportunities are lacking. Um, and that's when the summer slide happens, when some kids actually regress. And Horizons is there to provide the opportunities to to stop that from happening. Right. And there is data, it is proven that this works. Um, now I've forgotten your question. Oh, just like, what are you? What are your priorities day to day? So getting back to the six weeks. So during the six weeks, my priorities are just make, making Being sure that there. every student has water. Yes. And that the site directors have the things that they need. So I'm actually driving from um, one site at Gunston School and the other site at Kent School. Um, Outside of that, I'm finding, because I just started it in December, that most of it is grant writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a skill that I kind of had, but not really. All so, of the reading of legal documents, I'm sure, well, right. makes so, it a lot better. Words mean something. They sure do. So that's what I learned, and that you have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Even the pronouns, everything. and and But also, I think that there's, a, there's an old school way of writing grants that's a little impersonal. I think now it's changing. Mm-hmm. It's More evolving. story, narrative. Yeah, yes. and, and, and I have so much of a story now having gone through the summer. There are specific situations and stories that happened over the summer that I'm like, okay, 
I can tell this, only I can tell this story. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's much more meaningful now that I'm writing grants after the fact, um, because I I feel I can, my voice is more compelling and authentic. Yes. And that's, I think, what resonates with people who are willing to give money. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just writing grants one after the other, finding them. That's also a skill, you know, uh, seeking them out, finding people who your sort of vision aligns with theirs, mm-hmm. with their mission. Um, what else am I doing? Um, meeting with a lot of other nonprofits, mm-hmm. other people who I think that our summer program could benefit from. We actually uh, worked with Maryland, uh, Modern Stone Age Kitchen okay. last summer, which was the most incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, just being in the same room and listen, and just... It it was so absorbing great. that energy, yeah, the vibes. But just, yes. no, it's the knowledge, yes. and and, and um, it was so captivating for our middle school students to just have hands on and listening to you know the ancestral diet and how it translates into our modern diet, how it doesn't connect anymore, where the where the connections have been severed. Um, we also. Um, we work with different, like Camp Bacomath, uh, the YMCA. So cultivating relationships with them. Um, Worthmore Equestrian Center, uh, Rock Hall Sailing School. So making sure that those connections are still there. So next year when we get the program up and going again, everything's sort of established. Absolutely. And so it's it, the program itself is six weeks, but it takes the full year to mm-hmm. prepare and, and... And enroll. Enroll, yeah. And reach out to families and make sure. And so that's the other part of Horizons, that it's it's very important to maintain. Uh, we want our kids to come back every year mm-hmm. to keep that going. Yes. From keep K building. to eighth grade. Yeah. Um, and the consistency and the continuity is really important. That's also sort of been a study of a, the relationship with the program is equally as important to actually what they're learning. Yeah. Um, so it's reaching back out to families, making sure that they are coming back, knowing that it's a supportive environment. That's also huge. Um, so enrollment's a big one. Um, marketing, other uh, doing other events. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes just to maintain that. Yeah. To to all the the different pieces that that bring it together and bring mm-hmm. bring it to life, mm-hmm. so that kind of goes into. I always like to ask a particular question of our guests about skills. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you know networking and team building, communication are really mm-hmm. important for the work that you do. Writing is really important mm-hmm. for what you do. Mm-hmm. Are there any other things that you find like, wow, I do this a lot, and I never in my life thought I would do this. Like for me, it's algebra two. I cannot believe all of the algebra. I need to write Miss Perry and tell her she was right. I use so much algebra in my job. You do? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I gotta say, the only thing, and I tell my kids, it's the only thing that I, and I feel really bad saying this, because I loved high school and loved all the, the only thing that meant anything was Latin. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, the derivation of words, and like, I can figure it's, anything out, yes. because I know Latin. That's amazing. Not no Latin, but I know You're comfortable it with it. Yeah. You can, yeah. Um, algebra wasn't one of them. Yeah. What do you do with algebra? So much with data. <laughs> oh, we do oh. a lot of data. Yeah. So there's okay. just a lot of a lot of. Uh, I feel like I should interview you now. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like uh, I, I really need to write that note to Miss Perry. <laughs> like well, yes, I think you, you, you were right. You were right, ma'am. <laughs> you were so right. But I loved I loved math. So the but... skills though outside of, um, I think Latin was kind of an aside. But I think the skills I find, and I don't even know if it's a skill, I find that the fact that I'm interested in people and and. Um, I kind of wasn't part of the 
Chestertown community for a long time because I actually was working from my basement doing 3D computer animation and driving to D.C. and bypassing Chestertown. I'm actually just meeting people, even though I've been here for 15, more than 15 years. So Mm -hmm. I think my interest in other people really helps this job. Yes. Is that I want to know, okay, what you do and how how can that help our kids? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is a skill that I that is very good for this position. Absolutely. Um, I and, and not thinking I know everything and actually coming into it saying, I know nothing. <laughs> help. <laughs> what What do you have well, that can actually, build? actually, yes. Yeah. How can yeah. you help? Mm-hmm. And and um, what can you bring to us? You know, how can we integrate this? Right. And I think that people are more receptive when you come in that way. Yes. You know, like, okay, yeah, we want to help. And, and that's the other great thing about working for this organization is people love it. Oh, yeah. Well, so I mean, you see the results. You see with the students that go through the program. You're mm-hmm. seeing what they're learning and, and growing. Not just not just the the math or reading skills, but the the interaction and the community building. So I have to. There's this one story, uh, a grant that I had to write, um, and I found I, I ended up speaking to the woman who runs the foundation, and even though the people who started it had passed away. Um, the reason why they funded Horizons is because of our swim program. Mm. And the woman was a D1 swimmer back in her day, which was a long time ago. So that was kind of amazing that she was doing that. But she loved Horizons because we taught swimming. Wow. That connection. That connection. Yes. And I had no idea. I was just writing the grant, you know, like, okay, I can just do it. But I'm like, wait, there is like, she cares Mm -hmm. about this aspect of the program. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to remember that human. And I think you kind of Mm -hmm. pointed that out in the, especially in the grant process, there's a human behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's something as we work with students when they're applying to colleges or or trade programs, like a human is going to read that. Mm -hmm. So if there's any way to connect with with a human and and Mm -hmm. learn about their interests and kind of weave that in. And if you have a shared interest, really, you know, talk that up, Mm -hmm. that just makes a, a stronger connection. Right, and the only way you can find if there's a shared interest is asking questions. Exactly. Um, Being interested in them. Correct. Yes. Correct, always. And yeah. and But sincerely, you yes. know, and I I, mean, I think I have that. I'm sincerely, I'm always fascinated in what people do. Yeah. And It's that philosophy background. I, get, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. And but I think it, that starts at a young age. You just were curious. Right, but I think you're right. I think philosophy really did teach me that there's no one way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. There is, I mean, a That's lot of those so philosophers. That's liberating to think that it way. Is, but also scary. <laughs> True. Because there's no solid there's ground. There's no solid ground. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that actually caused a panic attack in college. I'm yeah. like, wait, Camus can't be right if Sartre was saying something. You know, oh like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It actually caused quite a panic. But then I'm like, You're right. It's all relative instead of absolute. Right. That's, yeah, it could be liberating or a little scary, mm-hmm. a little bit, little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had, if you, you know, I know you spent a lot of your time writing grants, but if you had all the resources that you needed in the world, what would you want to focus on in your job if you had everything that you needed? That was like my favorite question that I, one well, of my mentors asked me. You mean, what would I bring to the program? What would you want to focus on if you didn't have to worry about funding the program or uh, Probably know, recruiting resources. more kids. Okay. Because they, it is a tuition-free program, mm-hmm. so it is naturally uh, directly contingent upon our funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we had all the resources in the world, I think that we would expand mm-hmm. um, and offer what we have to more kids. Yeah. it's It's really hard to do that if you have a lot of kids and not enough resources. Right. Then things get limited pretty quickly. Yes. So that would be probably it. I This year I was really adamant about bringing chess into the program. Oh, I love that. I love chess. Yeah. And 
there's it's it's weird because everybody's like that's stuffy and weird and no that was the one thing that the kids loved the most in their spare time they're like okay um can we play chess and and some of the teachers are like what (laughs) but yeah i mean like you get your and there is a study done also if um if you have add or any attention deficit disorders for some reason kids can focus on chess because there's so many permutations Mm. that their mind can actually race around and think about all the different moves you can make. Very so cool. they actually become very focused. Yeah. So anyway, it was a big hit, and I was really proud of that. So. I love that. <laughs> well, we could have a whole show just about things mm-hmm. like that. But I guess um, as a as we're kind of wrapping up, um, how can people connect with Horizons? Like, how can they become part of the program, either attending or are there other opportunities to get involved? There are plenty of opportunities. Good. We're always looking for volunteers. Love that. Uh, especially high school students. We are looking for them to get their student service hours by being a volunteer volunteer. Um, we have a very flexible program. All you have to do is call me. <laughs> Literally call me. And you might have to sit down and play a game of chess. Yes, first. <laughs> That's um, that would be fun to add to the interview, actually. I'm that is, that actually would be good. Yeah. Um, and um, just have a, you know, we're always looking for volunteers. We need vo- uh, volunteers to get into the pool because we have um, two hours. We're actually expanding it to three three days a week, actually one hour per group. Um so we need volunteers to get in the pool and actually help teach sw- our swim instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, we need volunteers at the summer program, um, just helping out in general. Um, we found, especially due to COVID, that we need a lot of one-on-one mm-hmm. um, with reading and math. So any student, any any volunteers who can help with that would make an enormous difference. Yeah. So there's lots of things to do. If you mm-hmm. have an interest in helping students build skills or education in general or, you know, just hanging out for six weeks of fun. I do have to give one plug to do Open it. Doors, who is also a local um, nonprofit using the uh, Orton-Gillingham technique. They they We partner with them over the summer mm-hmm. and, and they do an, a miraculous job. Um, but, you know, more people sitting down with kids, helping with those reading skills... It's, it's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think we could totally have another show for sure. <laughs> so we will welcome you back. Absolutely. But thank you so much for coming on the College and Career Corner show. Well, thank and you sharing for inviting your, me. Absolutely. It was sort of a su- surprise. And I yes. was like, okay, I can I love do this. It. I love it. Well, I'm so <laughs> glad to hear your story and all the great advice and look forward to sending some volunteer students your way. I hope so. Thank yes, you. Thank you. That is our show for this week. Uh, join us next week as we talk with a college recruiter. We'll see you then.